Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Our Certain Point of View. I am Jim. Hello there. I'm Tim. What are we doing today, Tim? We are talking about lots of stuff. We've got uh, some known items, some stuff that's been out for a while. We've got a new uh, piece of Star Wars, a little, <laughs> little tidbit of Star Wars we're going to have some fun with, and uh, maybe a rumor or two. A rumor or dose. And we're going to talk about the all-exciting uh, T-O-B-1 from Visions, I guess. Yes, we are. We got the new trailer out for Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett, and we've gotten a little further in Ronin. Yeah. And I would like to pick your mind, so there's going to be spoilers for Ronin. Yeah. Right? Awesome. Yep. (laughs) All right, so today is Wednesday, November the 3rd, so we're keeping up with our weekly podcast schedule. Look at us being all uh, responsible again. Yeah. Professional, oh. respectable podcasters. Yeah. Guess what I bought? Something respectable. It was. It was a new chain for my chainsaw. That's awesome. There are a few things, you know, more rewarding than feeling a new chain on a chainsaw biting to oak. <sighs> and then, once you, you get it, because I heat my house with a wood stove. And I've been terribly lax about getting my uh, my stockpile ready for winter, but it's like in the 30s at night this week. So, yeah, yeah, it's time. Have you yeah. started setting up for Christmas yet? Um, I have started prepping the house for it. Yes, but I have not <laughs> pulled anything out. Yeah, uh, because of you, I have eggnog now. There you go. Yeah. See? That's my wife stuff. saw that you posted the eggnog thing, and I commented on the eggnog thing, and she showed up the next day with eggnog. Oh, she's the best. She is the best. I got egg on my face. Big disgrace. Somebody better put me back into my place. I'll show you oh. too. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to start off with the rumor. All right, tell us the rumors, Tim. What do you got? And and they're not... They're from a day or two ago. Um, these are rumors not from our most reputable sources. Mm. Um, they're just there, worth talking about, and something that I imagine was going to happen, so I'm hopeful and believing. Um, the rumor is that a new animated Star Wars show <laughs> is in development. With Dave Filoni? One focusing on a character, um, a special character to Jim from the High Republic. Um, okay. It's a plant. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> not from, <laughs> it's not from the High Republic at all. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, this is a show focused on Darth Maul. Hey, I like that guy. So my guess would be... Um, is Sam well, Witwer going to do his voice? I I don't know. I mean, this is... Isn't that how you pronounce his name? I think so. So that guy is fantastic. Um, 
So he was the model for the Starkiller character in the Force Unleashed series, the games. He also was the voice of Darth Maul on uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, and he was, uh, shoot, Bane or Doomsday or something like that. One of these really, 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 really overpowered bad guys in the DC universe on yeah. uh, on Smallville. Uh, we can talk about that, too. Did you watch the Batman trailer? We're going to talk about the Batman trailer. Um, I did watch the Batman trailer, yes. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that, too. Um, actually, we'll talk about that right before the Boba Fett trailer, because uh. I, I have a good lead-in for you. But anyway, um, this is strictly rumor, no, no real basis on this, except for the fact that at the end of uh, Solo, obviously we have, you know, Darth Maul still being in charge of everything, um, of, like, the crime syndicates. Yeah. And uh, we're missing some details. So I, I do know that there's you know some stuff in the comic books, and I'm behind uh, on my comic book reading. And I know that Wait. I really try not to be, but I, I am behind on my comic book reading. I might be. Um, yeah, I mean, I assume so as well. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know this. Sorry, I, I'm what really sorry. Know? I got distracted by something. What did you not know? Sam Witwer was the the sol- the dead soldier in the premiere, the pilot episode of um, The Walking Dead, when uh, Rick climbs into uh, a tank to get away from the zombies. There's a soldier in there, and that was Sam Witwer. I also didn't realize he is the main protagonist in the video game Days Gone. Which is a uh, zombie apocalypse video game, which I played the whole thing. One of my favorite all-time games, to be honest. And, um, yeah, he was the model and the voice of the main character. That title, by the way, is taken from the pilot of Walking Dead, which is called Days Gone By. Sam Witwer is just attached to everything I love, I think. Seems that way. Yeah. I I got a new man crush. There it is. You know what? I'm just revisiting an old man crush, to be honest. He was Doomsday in uh, in Smallville. Say, what were you talking about? You were talking about uh, this potential new animated series. Yeah, there's not a whole lot else to talk about beyond that. I mean, it's it's just a, an exciting thing. Um, you know how we feel here at our certain point of view um, about uh, Darth Maul. And his character and story arc, and it's it's really one of the coolest in Star Wars. Yes. So, it's just exciting. Yes. Exciting. Um, so he was also in Battlestar Galactica. I forgot about that. Yeah. He is, and his birthday is one day after my birthday. And he's a musician. And he went to Juilliard. Sam Whitworth, if I weren't already married, buddy, I'd be coming for you. And I don't even, you know, go that way, but whatever. I'm I'm willing to learn. Ooh, guess what? Tell me. Somebody who is still not an still not an official site, but some site that I uh Let's say I trust him a little bit more. Also posted that that Darth Maul rumor. Oh, it's getting just, real. Just saying, just saying. Um, 
Yes. That's exciting. Okay. He anyway. was in Rogue One. Ah, so apparently in real life, uh, he's just a huge Star Wars fan. And because of his attachment to, I guess, Force Unleashed, he just has access to this stuff. So, like, he plays, like, these roles. Like, um, he's, like, uncredited. So he was a stormtrooper in Rogue One. He's a stormtrooper in uh, Force Awakens. He, uh, ah, he is Maul in Solo. Did you know that? Hello? That's awesome. That is awesome. And, of course, he, well, he does voices in Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Well, was he Maul in, no, he's not Maul, obviously, in the first one. But uh, we'd have to have, um. He was the tank soldier in The Walking Dead. Oh, and he was in, but, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's credited as muscular guy in store. Yeah, I still feel like we'd have to have Ray Park back <laughs> if we get an actual Maul. Uh, I, I could, I, yes, well, I but if Sam it was Whitworth, Sam Witwer, I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. but when, but when it comes to wielding a double-bladed lightsaber, yeah, yeah, Ray Park, you're right, Ray Park long. Is, I mean, that's, and that's, he's still got it, apparently, even though yeah. he's got to be getting up there in age, Sam Witwer's younger than I am, despite his birthday being the day after mine, did you know he also did the voice of Emperor Palpatine, of Sheev, for Star Wars Rebels? That makes sense. This guy's awesome. Ah, oh, and he's in Star Wars Resistance. That's what, that's is you love that show. He's in Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. Well, I love Rebels. Rebels is awesome. Rebels is awesome. And he's in the Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. I don't even know what that is. What's the Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge? Um, I think that's the game. <clears throat> I'm clicking on it. That you can buy in... Uh... Um, it's a web-based children's game show developed by Lucasfilm announced in December 2019. Series debuted, or debutted, if you, like, you know, read phonetically, on the Star Wars Kids website and YouTube channel on June 10th, 2020. The series features young contestants competing as Jedi Padawans. How have I never heard of this? In a series of obstacle courses and knowledge tests and in the attempt to gain the rank of Jedi Knight. The show is hosted by Ahmed Best, who plays the character Kalarin Beck, the Jedi Master Mentor of the contestants, who is joined by his droid companion, AD3, voiced by Mary Holland and performed by Gordon Tarpley. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Sam Witwer provides the voice of an unknown character of the dark side of the Force during the final challenge of each episode. Never heard of this. Had you heard of this? No. Jedi Temple Challenge. We might have to find that. I mean, yeah, it's a kid's show, but that's okay. I was a kid once. Yeah. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. I, I've been there. I've done that. So. Sorry, um, man. I, I'm like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Someone <laughs> forgot that we are a Dave Filoni fan cast. Not. So so we'll have to start another podcast, our Sam Whitwer uh... right, our Sam Whitwer podcast. <laughs> well that'd be fun. <laughs> Pick an actor and just do just Heck, show yeah. by show, whatever episode. Uh, I, uh, Star Wars uh, Force Unleashed, one of my favorite stories from Star Wars Universe. <sighs> so what you got? So a uh, couple things here. 
Um, yeah. Be More Boba Fett is a self-help book. Uh, says, <laughs> Be More Boba Fett, always get the job done. It's actually a self-help book out there um, for you. There's some cool, uh, some, some neat Mandalorian stuff available for purchase. That is one of them. Um, and I have not clicked like inside of it to see any, you know, pieces of it, you know, what it entails or anything, but it's interesting. Um, no. nothing like a Boba Fett, Boba Fett, uh, self-help book actually applies yeah. to the trailer. We'll get to that in a second. Um, if anyone can get past the Sarlacc pit, then they're worth listening to. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So the Batman trailer debuted uh, not long ago, and we—I don't think we talked about it last week, did we? I don't believe we did. I think I just asked uh, Papa Bear if we meant the one with Michael Keaton or the one with the guy from Twilight. Yeah, Pattinson. So I got to tell you, I'm—I'm I'm not thrilled with his Batman right now, and I know it's um, early. I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but just the. So there's a scene in the in it where there's like a bunch of guys and he's just walking toward them. Like he's supposed to be like, I don't care if there's eight or ten or twelve of you, I'm gonna walk right up to you and I'm gonna win this fight. And he just didn't have the he didn't have the presence in that scene. And it might be the suit. It might not even be him, it might be the suit that they're using. Um But I'm I'm a little worried about it. I think that the movie might actually be good. And I'm saying this because I have not been thrilled with DC's products recently. No, um, me neither. So I, th- it looks like the movie might be good, and it looks like a lot of the actor choices were were good. I am a little worried about this. I don't have a problem with, with Pattinson. I saw him in something else that wasn't Twilight um, or Harry Potter, obviously he was in. Um, Is he not... that Lighthouse movie? The Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe? Yeah, I think that's him. Maybe. I haven't seen it, but it, it's so, supposedly intense. Yeah, I'm not saying I have a problem with him, but I, I just don't... I don't understand some of our choices for Batman. Um, yeah, I don't understand like, DC's choices in general. Right. It's it's one of those things where we don't need a bigger name to play Batman. We need someone of of the part. Um, yeah. And I know Michael Keaton. We had he was you know his big name, um, but he was well George Clooney, awesome. Val Kilmer. Well, they, um, they were, and that's what I mean. They were big names, and I don't mind Val yeah. Kilmer, but that that Batman wasn't great. Like, yeah, I feel Netflix. like people just. Uh, it's, who's your favorite Batman? Um, live action Michael Keaton. Yeah. Who were you debating? Who's second? Say Who Christian mean? Bale. I, I can't well, yeah. decide. Oh, live action, yeah. Christian Bale is after is after Michael Keaton. I love yeah. the Michael Keaton movies. Those two um, are kind of tied for me. Yeah, I think they they both fit well the the darkness of Batman. Yeah, and and some of the reality, but the Michael Keaton ones provide the uh, the the comedy aspect of it. Yeah. So it, you know, obviously, Batman is one of your darker comic books, and that's fine. You can go dark with Batman, and the Christian Bale com uh, the Christian Bale movies did right. The yeah. Dark Knight trilogy definitely did, but the the other ones met more of the you know comedic side of it. Um, yeah. With well, they got the Joker, right. for instance. You know, he was evil, but there was a comedy behind him, and you you know you could laugh with Jack Nicholson's Joker, yeah, even though he was really really nasty. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. 
There is a disturbingly apt um, kind of meme about that, about how in the 80s the Joker became this twisted evil person because he, you know, was shot and fell into a vat of chemicals. Um, in the 2000s, uh, you know, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker became this twisted criminal just because he lived in society. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Movie Joker kind of sits out on its own, though. That is a fantastic movie. Extraordinarily dark and depressing. Does not feel like it's a comic book-based story at all, though. That just feels like it's a story about, uh, you know, uh, I guess psychopathy? Is that the word? Um, This is about a guy with profound, you know, mental and emotional uh, disorders. So, I gotta tell you. If you actually so I just googled voice of Batman. Right? Yeah, I was going to ask um, you cuz you said live action. What did you so Right. Well, I mean obviously we love Will Arnett. As, oh, as yeah, we do. Um you know, you've got Adam West. Adam West is always a fun voice of he, Batman. Like when he does when he, yeah. when there's the animated stuff and you get Adam West in there. I love it. Yeah, um, he's hilarious. Is he but dead the now? The list of people who have been the voice of Batman in different things? Yeah, is unbelievable. Like for one character to be voiced by this many different people, um, and people that dead. that I wouldn't expect, uh, that I don't remember always. Um, so Will uh, Friedel is the the older brother in Boy Meets World. He voices Batman in Batman Beyond. Hmm. Um. William Baldwin in one of the Justice League movies. Billy Baldwin. Uh, he was in uh, Usual Suspects, I think. That sounds right. Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Are you serious? In Teen Titans Go! The Movie. Uh, Diedrich Bader. Ah, that's a good German name. In, do, you, do you know who that Bader. is? Do you, do you know who Bader is? Uh, Darth Bader? No, I don't. No, Diedrich Bader. He's one of the guys from uh, Whose Lines It Anyway? From the, oh, okay. from the Drew Carey show? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's hilarious. One so one of them was was a voice of Batman. I mean, and then it just keeps going. Like, there are so many names. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve. That's right. Two, three, twenty-four, twenty-five. Twenty-five different names are I come right up here as Batman voiced by. Like, huh. it's just a lot. And Joker it's not just like says a lot. Mark Hamill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's just it's interesting. I find it I, interesting. Gary no, Owens. Who's Gary? Bruce Greenwood. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, now I'm know. sad because I forgot Adam West had passed away in 2017. Yeah. Ah, oh, sadness. Uh, we didn't even mention Ben Affleck's Batman. Uh, nope, we didn't. <laughs> I have nothing against Ben Affleck uh, in any way, but I think that that era of DC is just not that That's good. What I'm saying I like, yeah. I like a, a lot of Ben Affleck's movies. Yeah, I don't mind watching Ben Affleck. I do not like him as as the Batman. It just doesn't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I love his connection with Kevin Smith. They did a good job with Christian Bale. Um, yeah, 
Well, Christian Bale's a fantastic actor too. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, and these a little intense. They do. They need Batman to not be, to not be big name. They need the same thing from Superman. Uh yeah, and. Oh, uh, shoot. Uh, Cavill. What's it? Henry Cavill? Henry Cavill. Uh, he was a perfect pick for Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Superman. And he's and he's British, so that's kind of fun. Um, I also love the fact that he is an unapologetic nerd. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've heard the stories like when he got the call for, uh, um, you know, that he got the part for Superman. He missed the call because he's playing World of Warcraft, I think. Um. <laughs> The, the guy's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. But Batman. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is this a Bat- Is this a DC podcast? What podcast are we on? Okay. Hours. So we watched the Batman trailer. The Batman trailer looks looks it looks like the movie's gonna be good, but there are gonna be there are gonna be possibly some issues. Um and yeah. and I think everyone here knows, anybody who's a regular listener knows, I try to stay as positive as possible yes, with things when I go to see them. Um, so I will do my best. I am not going to fall. go into it. I, I don't go into a movie like this assuming, well, I'm going to hate this Batman. Um, you know, I try to go into it and just enjoy the movie. I'm just, yeah. you know, right now I've, I'm a little nervous about it. Um, and I don't mind saying that. So that's happening. Uh, Ghostbusters is coming out in a week. What? Or so, I think. I, did, I um, never saw the remake. Um, don't. But the next one... <laughs> Actually, looks really good. It's got uh, Paul Rudd. I um, love Paul Rudd. <laughs> that's 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 everyone's reaction. Uh, yes, so, it anytime is. you say Paul Rudd, people go, "I love Paul Rudd." Like I that's, love Paul Rudd. What other reaction is there for Paul? Uh, well, Rudd? Ryan Reynolds and Paul Rudd. It's just I love that person. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that is coming out um, November nineteenth. Sorry, sixteen days from now. Um. Yeah. November nineteenth, so that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a good one to watch. I think I think it's gonna be good. I'm I'm excited about that one. I think they're gonna do a better job um, than the other one. It was it was one of those things where it was it was DC style. DC was successful with the Dark Knight trilogy, and so they made everything super dark, and it didn't work. And the last Ghostbusters movie tried to pick up on some other movies that were coming out recently to you know i don't know try to try to give off a certain kind of movie and they didn't do it right hmm. they just didn't um anywho there was another trailer and more important and <gasps> welcome back to our certain point of view because there was another trailer um talking about a show that comes out in 56 days December 29th on Disney Plus only called The Book of Boba Fett. We have an official trailer. What did you think of the trailer? Um, of course, I found it exciting. Anytime I see that Boba Fett armor and Tamora Morrison wearing it, I'm going to be excited. Uh, it gives me the same kind of uh, anticipation that The Mandalorian does. Um, I feel like we've been in kind of a dry spell with Star Wars with Disney. Um, which we probably needed, even though Bad Batch was kind of there to kind of help fill that in. The Book of Boba Fett, I feel like, is going to be kind of relaunching Star Wars yet again. Um, so, super excited. I thought the trailer was cool. What do you think? 
I enjoyed the trailer. Um, I found it. I definitely found it exciting, and I found it interesting. Um, yeah, I like what they're implying about Boba Fett's character, um, and the way he plans to do things. Some of that, um, you know, we don't know everything about what he's done since the Sarlacc pit, but we saw him amongst the uh, Tuscan Raiders. Yep. So he's he's learned different ways of life. He's obviously traveled and been around. Boba Fett is a historically a very deadly, very dangerous, very aggressive bounty hunter, especially as seen assassin. in the comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, so really, really, really intense guy, and and he is ready to do something different. Um, yeah, it's almost like he understands a purpose for the underworld. And he's there to make things work. And I wonder what, I mean, what part of that will tie into other things that we've seen um, with the well, underworld. Because I'm, I'm really interested in the way he's he's taking on, the way he, it implies that he's taking on the role. Um, because hmm. he's, he's looking for input from others, you know. <laughs> um, I like it. Yeah, so I had a weird kind of connection. Um, so when the Soviet Union fell, <laughs> what? He definitely took a turn there. When the Soviet Union fell, a lot of people in the former Soviet, uh, you know, republics or whatever you want to call those countries, um, found their supply chains disrupted. And had it not been for kind of criminal organizations, a lot of, uh, trade that was essential might not have been accomplished. And I'm kind of thinking maybe that's what's going on with Boba Fett here, because this is uh, Mandalorian age, so the Republic has not really asserted itself, and the Empire is, you know, in tatters. Um, and it might be that he is looking to set up a crime syndicate that'll actually provide people, you know, well, not not that he's on a humanitarian mission, but that he is kind of going as legitimate as you can with a crime syndicate, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I think he's he's going, he's going good for his people. He's yeah. not all in it for himself. He's yeah. in it to make, um, I'll say the business, right? To make the business work and to make it successful for those people that are involved is what he's in it for. Um, and so I got to tell is... you, I think it's going to come to a point. Where he's going to have, obviously, you know, we're going to see someone's going to go, oh, yeah, that's weak. You can't do this. And they're going to go against him and he's going to, you know, beat him down. Cause oh, he's going to have to assert dominance. Yeah, that's going to happen. Um, I be- I'd be willing to bet there's also going to be a point where something is going down and someone harms civilians unnecessarily and he comes down on them for that. I would, I'm willing to bet we're going to see a, we're going to continue to see a good guy Bubba Fett. I think even so. Though he's, even though he's willing to be ruthless, I think that he's not out to get anyone. And I think we're going to see a good guy Boba Fett, and I'm really, really excited about it. Well, have um, we ever seen a bad guy Boba Fett? Is he the bad guy in, in, in Empire Strikes Back? I mean, Han is a drug smuggler. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. That's what he's doing. Um, and Boba Fett's just out... Yeah, you know, picking hey, up a bounty. Spice can be used for medicine. Okay, that that's awesome, and um, not related to the conversation. Because <laughs> yeah. Han was so, smuggling I mean, drugs, right? 
But that's he's really after him because Han owes someone money, and yeah, yeah, but, that's true. Boba Fett's not necessarily like I'm going to clean up the streets from these drug smugglers. Yeah, he's out. He's for the bounty. But, but at the same the time, if that, Han was out there helping people and you know doing the right thing, would Boba Fett take that bounty? I don't. I don't know. I don't know that we have enough backstory of Boba Fett to know whether or so not he turns a, down bounties based on his conscience. There was a. There was another bounty hunter. Um, you may recall because Han Solo is such a good guy. Like this bounty hunter actually met up with Han Solo. Um, he he took two Bailiffs. or three shots at him before Han finally fired back. Um, because Han fired fourth. Um. <laughs> If he even fired at all. Because Han is so good. He's such a such a clean and decent and kind heart that he would never fire unless fired at three times. Um, hmm. uh, McClunky. So, <laughs> I, I, I watched it the other means. day and McClunky came up and I was like, what in the world? Um, <laughs> what is I that? went too far. I forgot my point. Uh, so, Bubba Fett was after There's Han another Solo, bo- the bounty nice hunter. Oh, but he, so Greedo, um, who I didn't ever piece it before just now, his name is really, uh, Francis Bounty Hunter-ish, um, just, you know, greedy guy, but. Oh, I always thought that was like a little bit too, too on the nose that his name was Greedo. I feel like it is too, but I never, I don't think before just now I've ever actually given it any thought. Interesting. I've thought that since Um, I was a child, the first time I saw it. It's just the guy's never... name is really Greedo. Yeah. <laughs> I just I decided to hear it as alien and I think I accepted it. Anyway. Very good. Um so Greedo was willing to just shoot Han and, and drag him back to to uh That's a lot of work. Well he knew Han was dangerous, man. Versus Boba, who was like you know, he's more valuable to me alive. Um obviously Jabba was willing to accept it one way or another. Like it didn't necessarily matter i'm sure he would have gotten more for him alive but he's more valuable to be alive didn't he even say that in empire strikes back well that's what i'm saying he does say that but it it wasn't like he wasn't going to get his reward and he wasn't going to have his reputation points if if he brought him back differently um i love it wasn't wasn't necessary to kill him so i'm going to assume that when death isn't necessary, Boba Fett doesn't welcome it. And Boba Fett is as good as it can get for someone who was raised. He's a bad guy in Clone Wars. When he's a kid, he's a little jerk. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, I get but, it. I mean, he's being, he's running with a rough group and he's a kid. Yeah. But that's, that's very Yeah, like, a, like, I mean, like, his, his moral compass, like, meaning, like, his definition of who he is has not his, been established at that point. The North on his moral compass isn't, isn't quite going to true North. No. <laughs> well said. Um, yeah, there's a delineation. Um, yeah. I'm that, really excited about the series. Um, I'm that glad that we said. have Fennec Shand. I'm glad... I mean, yeah. Uh, that having been said, his time with Aura Singh um, in Clone Wars is so significant to his character development because he's he's so set on being a bad guy when he's a kid. After the death of his father, you know, he... he it, there's such a great story arc about Boba Fett and where he tries to you know take his vengeance on Mace Windu and even as a kid he just wreaks havoc among the Republic uh, takes down one of their destroyers in an attempt to kill Mace Windu almost kills Anakin and Mace um, but then in the end the the person who's kind of adopted him and been his guardian Aura Singh 
betrays him. And I think that that's a huge moment for him. I think it's when it, he really started to reevaluate, do I want to be a bad guy? Are these the type of people I am? Um, I, I really think we see that in the Clone Wars. Um, it's just hinted at. But given who he becomes during the Mandalorian, and honestly, is he any different than Din Djarin, the Mandalorian himself? Because, you know, Din, one of his first lines is, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. And that was over, like, what, I forgot what the blue guy did, <laughs> but that wasn't like, it, it wasn't like that guy was like some, you know, bloodthirsty killer out roaming the galaxy. He had done some sort of weird, like, white-collar type crime, and then Dijon's like, I can bring in warm or I can bring in cold. And I don't think he was bluffing. Well, now on the other side of that, he might not have necessarily been bluffing. But he also might not have, it might not have mattered, because he might have assumed that this guy is going to be um, an easy grab. You're coming with me. I know that I'm intimidating. I'm just going to say this, and I know you'll come along. Yeah. Like, don't bother putting up a fight. If you fight me, I think that that was a, if you fight me, I'm going to, you're not going to win. You're going to die. But you're coming with me. But I Um, I think the death threat was real. Um, I think, I agree with you that he... Like, didn't see that being likely, but I well, I don't think he was bluffing, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the last thing that I really liked about this this trailer, um, and then I think we can, well, I'm, I'm ready to move on, but um, if you've got more, I'm, I'm also welcome to it. But the last thing that I really liked about this trailer yeah. was the, um, the throne. Yeah. Yeah. You sit on the throne where your former boss once sat, and not that, and then, and then immediately they get a quick little transition to an empty throne. Um, and I thought that was really, really telling. Of, you know, this is done. <laughs> your time here is done. I'm going to take over now. So I'm wondering if that was, if we're going to get a, a prelude to what we actually saw in the Mandalorian. Um. To, to when he takes but I don't remember I don't know where that guy was sitting but it was definitely telling like that guy was on the throne and are you talking about Bib Fortuna or when they showed uh, no in this one no. they had uh, what do we call the the hammerhead guys I forgot what their actual name is I forget too one of those guys was sitting on the on the throne in the yeah yeah the when he was trailer. sitting on the throne and then they go to the empty throne because um, everybody in the room kind of started to raise their blasters at at Boba Fett, <gasps> and then all yeah. of a sudden there was an empty throne. It was like, mm, like we're huh. we're not going to rule the same way, but you're also not going to cross me because yeah. you're not going to win. Um, so I really like. So, I, I think it does a good job of of building on Boba Fett's character, building on the Boba Fett that we've grown to love even more after the Mandalorian. Yeah, um, definitely. And. Well, and- Oh, you know who could come work for him? Um, no. Yeah. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Hondo? No. Hondo Anaka? Not Cad Bane. No. No, we don't need Cad Bane around. Cad Bane? I'd love to see Cad Bane in live action. I I can't imagine a live action Cad Bane. I almost think... It'd be hard to do, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel like his... His body type is well. It's, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's not human. 
Um, I don't know if you see the guy on uh, Star Trek Discovery who plays like uh, I don't know what sort of alien he is either, but he kind of has a bad cane. A uh, bad cane, huh? I wonder if that's where Cad Bane came from. Uh, he has a Cad Bane kind of vibe to him. He's lanky and tall. And anyway, I'm more Who? thinking of someone uh, by the last name Oliphant. <gasps> Sam Witwer. Timothy Oliphant, who Timothy plays Oliphant. Cobb Vanth. Cobb, who's Cobb Vanth? Oh, Cobb, Cobb Vanth once wore the armor of. Who took the armor? I was going to yeah. ask you about that. Um, so this has come up in fan circles, and it's a good question. So Boba Fett obviously escapes the Sarlacc pit, and then spends the next twenty years hanging out on Tatooine, can't find his own armor. Then Dejarin comes along, finds it, leaves the planet, and now Boba Fett leaves the planet to get the armor that was on the same planet he was on for 20 years. So, or is again, it? No, I'm sorry, it's not seven, 20, it's like six years, isn't it? Yeah, so whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so still. We, we have, we've talked about this a little bit, and I, I do have my opinion on this. My opinion is that Boba Fett knew where his armor was the entire time. I want yeah. Boba Fett resigned himself to a slightly different lifestyle, um, in in spending time with the Sand People or whatever he was doing. He was not living his regular bounty hunter life. Now, part of that could have been, I mean, in reality, he could have been in six years of recovery. I mean, yeah, he was in a Sarlacc. Um, first of all, so it could just be a a medical thing. He could have also escaped almost immediately. Um, had some damage, lost the armor to some Jawas who sold it to Cobb Vanth. And based on what we've seen about Bubba Fett, and this is yeah. again me trying to stay positive, I really think he knew where his armor was. He saw what his armor was being used for. The Timothy, the Cobb Vanth character wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't leaving that town. He wasn't traveling anywhere. He wasn't going to sell a single piece of it. It was there. It was accounted for. It was safe. Because he also has his ship somewhere nearby. Apparently hidden. Yeah, that's But that's his ship true. is somewhere. So he's got to know certain things. Um, and there could be a whole thing where he gets his armor, he activates a tracker, he finds his ship. But I, I don't think so. I think that he knows where everything is. And then mm. when it became time, or when his armor was taken off-world... That's when it became unacceptable. <laughs> no, no, no. That can't leave. That's mine. That stays here. I knew yeah. where it was. I don't buy and... this. And the reason why is because when he does catch up with uh, Din Dejarin, he's like, that was my father's armor. I mean, he's pretty adamant about that's mine. Uh, so I think if... I, I just can't believe that he would know where it was and be like, yeah, let dude wear it. He's doing good stuff with it. Boba Fett doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Now, I could see him waking up in some sort of medical, you know, yeah. emergency and his armor's gone and, like, the sand people are taking care of him or something like that. And then him just kind of going native for a while. And then when Din Djarin's showing up, you know, the fact that another Mandalorian's on Tatooine, you know, maybe that sets his radar off. But it does seem like a long time for him to, to be kind of like... But oh, everyone knew, where my armor is. Everyone knew that a Mandalorian was protecting the city. That's exactly. That's problematic for me. 
Um, how Boba Fett doesn't know this, but Din Djarin finds it out within a few minutes. Well, and your argument is that he does know it. I get that, but I just don't see him being okay. So that's with yeah, you can the, borrow it. The only two options are medically incapacitated and can't. Or, yeah. um, and he's a little too physically fit and able to fight to have been medically incapacitated for two. For years. all that time, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know, but I don't know, and I, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, now, for him to spin it around and now want to be in charge of the crime syndicate does cause some, call some, some question to mind. Um, but that could also be a, a way of being like, hey, the, the Imperial agents are still out there being jerks. We need to, we need to get the underground back up and running properly. Um, so that's the Boba Fett trailer. If you haven't watched it, uh. Well, and we've been beating around the bush of what he he does actually straight up say, I'm not a bounty hunter anymore, um, and that he doesn't want to do things through violence like Jabba, but rather through discussion. Not through so, fear, but through respect. Through fear, but through respect, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of awesome. Now is actually a good time for us to stop and uh, you know hear from our friend Gordon over at the Riff. So let's go ahead and take a break. All right. Hey, this is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show Podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your requests on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. All right, and that was Gordon with The Riff, available. We love Gordon. We do love Gordon. He's like the Paul Rudd of the people we know. He kind of is. I love Gordon. (laughs) I love Gordon. I can't. I can't imagine anyone having met Gordon who'd be like, "Oh, Gordon, hate that guy." Like, oh, I cannot imagine a single person be like. I don't oh. think he'd be in any situation unless it's someone who's just completely miserable and is like, <laughs> I hate that guy because he makes people better. <laughs> like, that's that's it. Even that guy would be like, but I'm a little bit better, so I love Gordon. Hey, Gordon. Um, yeah. I've known Gordon uh, um, since I was about 14 or 15, and I agree 100%. Yeah, I've known Gordon. It's got to be coming up on uh, 14 or 15 uh Months, months, yeah, um, at least. Uh, speaking of Gordon, that, but... so he he has been super busy lately. So even though I've recorded episodes of Jim's Corner for the Riff, uh, he's had to cut back on his shows. So mine apparently is on the cutting room floor because uh, he has to do a lot of production on it. So supposedly I'm meeting with him tomorrow, manana, um, so I can get. Uh, he's gonna let me in on the secrets of how the Riff is made. So that I can produce my own episodes and then just post it. So I will be uh, hopefully making my triumphant return to the Riff radio show here soon. But uh, I got to do all the work myself, apparently. Well, you know about some of my plans. I'd like to be in that conversation with some. Okay. Um, Well, tomorrow, if you're free tomorrow, that's why you would ask me if I could record tomorrow. And that's actually why I can't is because I'm just uh, seeing Gordon. You, You should go with me. Anyway, enough inside baseball talk. 
Yeah. That's go go listen to Gordon's The Riff uh, available only on Spotify. While we're at it, let's go ahead and plug ourselves. We haven't done this in a long time. Um if you enjoy the show, um uh, make sure you hit subscribe, tell your friends about it. Um yeah, give us the five-star review, whatever it is on your listening service that shows that you like the show. Go ahead and do that for us if you would. It helps grow the show and we appreciate it. We're uh Holy cow, we're getting on... How long have we been doing the show now? Um, two years. Is it two years? Oh my gosh. We're, we're over two years. We just... Yeah, we just passed <laughs> two years a month and a half ago. Wow. We didn't even celebrate. But yeah, we and we appreciate all y'all who've been... I think, uh, I don't think we recorded. I think two weeks ago was our... Might have been oh, our that's right. Year, uh, we, uh, we took a hiatus. Uh, you know what? Two years we deserved it. That's right. Because this is such a burden. It's such a chore to talk about Star Wars. Oh my goodness. Speaking of Star Wars, I think it's time to get on with the show, as they say. Alright, so I'm going to be quick about this next part. You ready? Okay. Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil, comes out in 13 days. We're really excited. There's a whole trilogy about Thrawn. Uh, called Thrawn Ascendancy that's been out. This is the third book of the trilogy, and we will be reviewing it sometime late this winter or early spring. All three of these books we're going to talk about because we haven't talked about them yet, and I'll be honest, I haven't read the other two yet. I did read some of the first one, but I'm not caught up in the full trilogy. part of the second one. Yeah, so we need to read them, review them. That's all coming. So we're not going to have a quick review on this, but it's exciting. It's coming if you're a Thrawn fan, which I'm, I am a Thrawn fan, but it just hasn't been on my... It's on my list, but unfortunately not at the top. Uh, Wookiee Life Day is one day later. We'll be recording that day, hopefully, two weeks from today, 14 days away, November 17th. I'm really excited about Wookiee Life Day. I'm yeah. hoping to do something big. Um, Heck yeah. And then we've got, officially, uh, the next thing we have is Book of Boba Fett, 56 Days. So that's kind of where we're at. Nice. Yeah. Super excited about Book of Boba Fett and Christmas and everything. <laughs> Now, 22 days ago, and I, I have been enjoying the novel, uh, Ronin, but um, I have not been very speedily reading through it. Um, I just finished, I told you I finished, last time I finished chapter three, um, this week I finished chapters four and five. Um, I've only had time to sit down and, and really read it once, so that's where I'm, I'm at with Ronin. I'm on chapter 24. But I gotta tell you something. I am thoroughly and completely confused by this book. I I like it, but I I it's like it takes place in a parallel universe. It's it's worth uh, it's worth discussing because its take on Jedi and Sith is fascinating to me, and I don't think you're far enough along to see that yet. Maybe you are, but um, the questions that you <laughs> yeah, it it, it really. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of discussion about like an emperor, um, but it's an emperor with kids. Uh, the Jedi are like uh, feudal lords. They're they're more like Japanese daimyos, uh, you know, samurai leaders who have like their loyal vassals. So the Padawans are more like sa- uh, samurai warriors who belong to a feudal lord, and each master. It's it, it's really, it's really cool. But it's it's definitely a huge departure. So I'm like, what time period is this, or even what? 
Because when we saw the cartoon, the the Inquisitor shows up, the the female, uh, what do they call her? I think they just call her Bandit. Um, they give her name in the book. Um, but when she shows up, the bandits that are with her are all wearing like an assortment of gear that mostly looks like it's from like uh, either the First Order or from the Empire. And so I just assumed it was around that time period. But this is like, everything is so weird in this universe. It seems more like a, a multiverse story than it does uh, like some somewhere in the Star Wars timeline. It's cool though, don't get me wrong. I, I, I like it. It's just confusing as a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Well, I am going to try to uh, double down on it. You should. Uh, this... It gets... It gets bizarre yeah i i don't yeah i i'm enjoying it but like i said i because i'm i'm trying to fit a you know a square peg into a round hole and that i'm taking my star wars knowledge with me into the book and i think right, you kind of gotta not do that yeah. uh, because everything you know about the jedi and the sith are kind of not at odds with the book but it's a totally different look at both of them and yeah. i like that it's it's really cool from that po uh, point of view um there's a lot of nods to like what i think is the witches of dathomir uh which is one of my favorite star wars you know uh, kind I of stories that. i i already noticed that yeah yeah um yeah there yeah um oh that gets even stronger yeah, um, I, I figured. So it, yeah, I'm really excited cool. about. It. I will. I will definitely double down on it this weekend and try to get uh, kind of caught up on on what's going on. I've got a bunch of uh, projects that I need to work on this weekend. And yeah, you do. I will like getting sure your that... motorcycle going. That's not even on your list, is it? It's not for this weekend, no. Dude, I've been riding my motorcycle like a fiend and that all is, by myself. Is... All I want to do is ride my motorcycle, and it's, it's like Freddie Mercury once said: "Take a long ride on my motorbike until I'm ready." Crazy little thing called love. Yeah. Well, there goes my baby. She knows how to rock and roll. She drives me crazy. She gives me hot cold fever, leaves me in a cool, cool sweat. Do, 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 That's off of the album The Game, which also featured um, Dragon Attack and um, Take Me to the Room of the Wise, Oh Wise, and the Black All oh, Black. Take Me Back to this. Do, 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 do. Another one by Sadas. That's it. There you go. What do we anyway, do with? Um... That's Ronan. So uh, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna try to double down on some reading of Ronan and get caught up. Um, we uh, I'll, I'll let you know Sunday afternoon, but next week we might not have a whole lot of uh, visions talk. We might do a big Ronan talk because Ronin. anytime I sit down to watch the next couple of episodes of Visions to get ready, instead maybe I'll watch Ronan. Hmm. Mayhaps. So that'll help us get mm. there. Um, so that's my plan. I'm going to read some Ronin and uh, get ready. Actually, we don't sad take my no TV prisoners. Time, but it's okay. Um, <clears throat> that's where we're at.
we will do a well that's that's it let's talk about Toby one okay because that I can answer questions about um so I really really liked this story did you know I really did like I really enjoyed the overall story I liked the uh I liked the I like I ended up liking the character, um, and I was not initially excited about the this particular animation style that we were getting. Um, but once we got past that, and I just focused on who the characters were and kind of what was happening in the story a bit, I really started to enjoy what was going on. Um, so, TOB one starts. Um, this is an episode of Visions, of course. Uh, TOB one starts with a. Um, droid, they've got a couple of neat little nods, um, like the way he's raised up, like he's coming out of, uh, when Darth Vader was getting worked on. Um, but TLB-1 is a droid, he's working for a professor, um, we find out that he's trying to get him to, um, he's trying to create life on a desert planet. He's terraforming. rain and grass, yeah, he wants to terraform. Yeah, it's a bit um, of a dune thing going on. It's kind of a yeah. desert planet. And Professor Mataka. Yep. Oh. So, pretty exciting there. Um, we do get... What was the other droid's name? The the R2-D2 looking one? Oh, CO3. CO3. Right. Yeah. CO3. So it was, uh, you know, almost like C-3PO. Kind of like T-O-B-1 is kind of like OB-1. Um, what? So this is just these droids. That? Yeah, but CO3 is, is more of a droid, where TOB1 is more of a boy. Like, if if you didn't know he was a droid, you would assume he was a I kid. I think Papa Bear even said that last week. Yeah. It's, it's Pinocchio. He's a yeah. droid who dreams of being a, a human. Um, but well, specifically, a, he dreams of being a Jedi Knight. He dreams of being a Jedi Knight. Um, and it, it, it takes it to a point... Beyond, I think, what we know of droids, I think he's given him a, a, a oh. deeper level of consciousness. Um, not only self-awareness, but... We've got a Westworld thing going on here. But future fulfillment, future desires. Um, and that's not something that I think we see out of droids in Star yeah. Wars most of the time. They're self-aware. They're, they're wanting to... Um, stay alive, keep themselves safe, keep it, you know, keep their immediate surroundings safe. But I think they're more focused on what's going on in the moment, not, you know, where they're going next. Um, unless it's a specific mission they're set on. No, but his is, his is a little different. His is deeper. Um, he's been kind of given some, some deeper conscious. Um, it almost implies that, that he was, well, and he, we find out later on in the episode where, um, there ends up there's a missing kyber crystal. Um, we find out where that is later on. Yeah, we do. And and I wonder if there's some some force attunement to his um to his consciousness that's that's making a difference. Um, well, and again, you have to look at it outside of what everything we know. Like this isn't happening strictly in our Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, so, so overall, do you do you like this episode? I do. Well, I I do not. I'm aware. 
um, <laughs> which I found <laughs> interesting. So one of the differences here, and I honestly think I have one good reason um, that that stops us, um, and it's animation style. So I didn't like the animation. That's for sure. Right, and I didn't. I didn't like the animation style either, but. With with our slight age difference, I th- I think I've seen and been exposed to more of it. Yeah. Um. So I was able to to kind of separate from that, and I did have to make myself ignore the animation style. I didn't like it very much. Yeah. Because um, the story was actually could be pretty intense and pretty deep if they'd given this a a darker animation style. Yeah, it um, might have fit the mood a little better because there is a pretty dark aspect to this. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. Um, uh, that's so I did like the that. So like, do we want to get to that part of the story? Uh, yeah. So basically, the the kid is obsessed with becoming a Jedi. The the kid droid is obsessed with becoming a Jedi. Um, I think that the implication that the professor was a Jedi is is throughout the entire episode. Yeah, um, you know, kind of gets spoiled at the end. Not he spoiled, figured out pretty revealed. quick. Yeah. Um, but you kind of assume you're like he's like well there's a kyber crystal somewhere on the planet and you're like okay he's a Jedi yeah um, so turns out the there's kid two wants to be on a the Jedi, planet and he tells him go find this kyber crystal I thought there was mm-hmm. only one and he looks for years and years yeah um, and then he looks in the one place he never looked which isn't the only place he never looked turns out there was a second place he never looked. Yeah. The one place he never looked, which was the basement. And in the basement, there's a real starship. <gasps> yeah. He's not allowed in the basement, though. He should play in the starship. Yeah. He, he should say, he should push a comms button and say, calling all Jedi. Yeah, during me. during the Great Purge, this is definitely what you want to do. Yeah. Um. So this this kind of implies that I would say almost everything in Visions implies that being a Jedi became illegal, and they were like warned that they were going to be hunted. There are so many of them out there. Like that's that's what all of Visions kind of makes me feel like is they're like, it's you're illegal now, and if you are a Jedi, we're coming for you. And so all the Jedi were like, bye, <laughs> and fled. Um, yeah. More than what we actually got in Star Wars, where it was like sneak attack. Um, that's the feeling I get from visions in general. Yeah. So, um, neat idea, neat concept, but yeah, then it gets darker because what happens when he uh, when he calls all the Jedi? Yeah, there's there's basically no Jedi left except for uh, you know Yoda and Obi Wan who refuse to help any remaining Jedi. They're right. they're hiding and you know just being cowards. They didn't get the message. <laughs> that was what? What did he just say? I know. I well, I don't actually know what Yoda's doing. Um, but I know what Obi Wan's doing this whole time. Um, but yeah, but he, uh, yeah, there's no Jedi out there to get the message, but there are Sith Inquisitors. So they come for him. Uh, he not only. Uh, yeah, I, I lost my place there for a second. Um, so yeah, it, a Sith Inquisitor comes to the planet because of him activating the signal on the ship, which is what his, uh, I guess, maker, Mataka, had basically been afraid of, is that one day T.O.B. one would see kind of the bad side of the universe, and that shows up in the form of the Sith Inquisitor. And what happens? 
Um, he hides him away. So yeah. Mutaka hides him away. Um, and goes up, and he knows at this point, and he says it, that he's going to be gone. He puts CO3. He says the, you know, the child is, not the child, whatever he calls him, um, is in your care now. He's very direct, like, I'm not surviving this. I don't plan on surviving this. I'm not going to try to survive this. Yeah. I'm sure he tried, but he knew what was coming. Yeah. Um, he's an old man. So at this point, yeah. At this point, um, we we get a point where Tob One kind of like blacks out, um, which I thought that part was kind of strange. Yeah, I don't know why he blacked out and then came back. It's plot device. Like, oh, that's all. I'm awake now. Um, so he woke up, and once he woke up, that's when he found everything in ruin. Yeah, the labs been all ransacked his master his owner whatever you call that is dead yeah well and that was that was weird too um which i guess was supposed to be like the droids did it um but the droids buried him and put those stones there yeah but most of the droids were destroyed yeah so i I thought the maybe there's one mouse droid left strange (laughs) right (laughs) that's what i'm saying like it didn't quite make sense that he had a Burial. A, a funeral um, mound, yeah. But then we get into kind of a weird waiting. Tob one continues. He actually succeeds in uh, transforming the planet. He starts like so. Terraforming starts to happen. Um, once he gets out of his own way, his own consciousness, right? Like yeah. he was all an obsessive kid, and he's like, "Oh, wait a minute! I'm a droid with like awesome uh, processing capabilities. Maybe I should." Yeah, some of that. maybe I should have been helping the old man after all. <laughs> but this is going to bring back the Inquisitor. Dun, dun, dun. But T.O.B. 1 finds, well, he fixed, I don't uh doesn't he fix Mataka, Mataka's uh, lightsaber? Yeah, it almost happens um, naturally. Like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a natural thing. Like, once the... <laughs> The saber kind of uh, forms in front of him through the force, and the kyber crystal that's inside of Tiobi one comes out and goes into the lightsaber, um, which reactivates it. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, we find out that Tiobi one is powered by a kyber crystal. Yeah. So what you what you actually get out of this is what you're looking for you. is within you. Yeah. All the time. Um, hey, that's a that's not a bad message. Um, but anyway, no. it's it is what it is. It's it's fine. And they they go into this battle. Um, the the part that I honestly the part I think that I didn't like the most yeah. was why the Inquisitor came back. That's a great question. I I don't know. I mean, I could make up a reason. I could say that he sensed the Obi Wan growing in the and the Force. Not if they didn't sense the actual Jedi. I mean, it just... Yeah. This is the problem I have with this story to begin with. I just don't like the idea of a droid Jedi. Um, It kind of violates the whole concept of the Force's, you know, living power. Um, Kind of the Hindu-Buddhist aspect of of the Force, and, you know, it unites all living things and all. Well, droids... You're the one that argued for the... The things in Westworld being alive. 
Well, that was my problem. If uh, with Star Wars in general, the droids, if they are alive, then Star Wars is just an entire, you know, galaxy of corruption. Because even the good guys have enslaved these living beings and treat them like garbage. Um, <laughs> right. Well, and the whole purpose of Visions is to give a different spin on things. So this gives the yeah. spin that, and he doesn't, you know, we don't know what's going on with the other droids. But the professor, the Jedi, whatever he's called, Mataka, Makata, Mataka, uh, Mataka. Thank you. Uh, Mataka isn't isn't mean to them. He's no, he's not. So, <laughs> but I, yeah, just I mean, either they're alive or they're not. And uh... you know, it's been it's it's been made pretty clear that he's also something different. That's I mean, true. Mataka did make something unique. He, well, he made yeah. a droid powered by a kyber crystal. That's kind of unique in and of itself. Yeah, so um, something else is, is is going on with this particular droid. So, I mean, you have to give it some thought to make it fit um, kind of our rationale of the universe. Um, the battle was kind of cool. Um, he was a little bit too powerful, too fast um, to take he on. Raised, this, he this raised Skywalkered himself. All right. <laughs> Um, I did like the shock aspect when he got stabbed in the hand. Um, I didn't like the imagery. It wasn't quite clear what had happened until they panned out of it. Yeah. Um, but he stabbed him in the hand. He goes, wait, you're a droid. You can't use the force. And he's like, yes, I can. And then just beats him down. Skaboosh. Um, yeah. But overall, and even the fact that he won was coincidental enough. Like it wasn't a true overpowering like the fact that he, I was, I wasn't bothered that he won the fight. Yeah. I was bothered that he was able to hold his own when they were battling. Yeah. When when the Inquisitor showed up and started attacking Tobi One, I was more bothered that he was able to defend himself than I was that he was able to work out a quick maneuver to win. Um, because that can happen, but in order to have an opportunity to come up with a quick maneuver to win. You have to defend yourself, and I was a little bit bothered that he was able to defend himself um, in the first place. But that's that's all. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't over- have much to say because it, it it didn't appeal to me in in a lot of ways. The, the animation didn't appeal to me. The story didn't appeal to me. So it just it wasn't for me, yeah. which is fine. I'm I'm fine with you know stories, you know. Not being Ooh, for me. How about this? You ready for this? Um, yes. All right. What would be a good, darker, not not dark, but darker um, story than, say, the Lego stories? What would be a good, darker story to provide to a, you know, seven-year-old, a younger kid, you know, somebody who wants to watch Star Wars? Um, you want to introduce them a little bit to, you know, see some darkness, see some 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 real aspects of Star Wars, but not quite the the depth and darkness of like Ronin and the Ninth Jedi. Um, you haven't watched the Elder yet, have you? How might you appeal to them? Yeah, Tob One would be a great one for for kids. Um, it's definitely kid oriented, I think. But on the darker side of it, and I think that's what I liked is it's yeah it's not quite and, and you know I like the the good stuff but that's that's all anyway well you know um, the Princess Bride um was written as a story to introduce children to the idea that bad things happen to good people 
And maybe TOB1 could be that for Star Wars. As you wish. The book ends somewhat differently from the movie, by the way. And The Princess Bride, it really does bring home the, uh, yeah, the fact that bad things happen. Um, but yeah, TOB1, okay. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not, I don't want to bash on it. I, I don't, uh, let's put it this way. I dislike The Last Jedi more than I dislike TOB1. <laughs> Because that that really messes with my love of Star Wars to a degree, whereas this does not. It's it's a fun little story, just not designed for me. Yeah, um, we've talked about that. Each of these visions episodes are built by a different company, building different episodes, different yeah, styles, different, different shows, different audience. characters. Yeah, everything is different, and they're going to reach out to different people, which is a really um, cool thing. You know what? Once I'm done watching all of them, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a full analysis. Of the who series, we think the episodes were built for. Oh, fair enough. So you haven't watched episode seven yet, The Elder. I've I'm guessing stopped where we are right now, dude. Uh, so five. Uh, that was six. Tob one is six. So episode okay. seven, The Elder. Uh, that's Ronan Ninth Jedi quality. Um, and uh, kind of on the same level as far as, like, age-appropriate. It's it's dark. It is really, really good. It's very well-based, I think, in Star Wars lore. Um, so, like, I think it could fit into canon. Because um, it kind of takes place in an in-between time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited to talk about The Elder. Um, that's a great, great episode of Visions. Uh, animation's not my favorite, but the story's so good that, uh, I could, you know, see past it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I just saw, and I, I apologize, I'm gonna, actually, I can apologize directly on the air to Royal Farm Boy, because he reached out to us on Twitter, um, and I, I missed it because it's in the messages, um. I didn't see this. You don't frequent our Twitter account, I, I That's true, I do not. Um. I did not. So. I enjoy it, um, but I'm about five days late on reading this message, um, so apologies in advance on that. Uh, but he was looking to reach out for leaving us a voice message, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, idea of oh, we keep forgetting how of to... hearing from you. So I am. Ooh. Uh, if anyone wants to leave us a voice message, you do need to get the Anchor app if you're doing it on your phone. Um, which, you know, it's free app. Uh, just an extra step. So if you look in our show notes, you will see a link for uh, Anchor uh, to leave us a voice message. You can do so there. And that actually puts it into our library of, uh, of sound bites so that I can then just, you know, put it right in the episode. Well, and that's what he said he was trying to do, but... Are we having trouble? Um, actually, right now I'm having trouble. I had trouble once. Once. Johnny Dangerously. My mother yeah. said that to me once. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe I type something. Let's see if I did this wrong. Okay, there we go. I got it now. I am in. He's in, So, everybody. where is our... Our link to Anchor should be directly through... Hey, this message about Arden. Hey, Arden. Okay. While we're talking. Remember Arden? 
Arden does our sound design, so at there the beginning go, of the show, um, <laughs> he did the the music, which we maybe we're time maybe it's time for an update. It's been two years. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Um, so I had a. All right, you did. See, I haven't I haven't done the sound bites, um, and I was looking to see. There we go. Oh, live on air. He's doing this. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm trying to answer the message here. It's, it's okay. Um, I'm responding right now to this Twitter message live on air because we, I mean, well, really, we, we are here for people who want to listen to us. That's that's why we're here is to. Well, then let's talk about something. To talk, talk. <laughs> um, all right. Um, I have just responded to this message. So. Outstanding. Yeah, sorry about the delay. And for everybody else who's still listening, sorry about that delay. Um, I feel like I have to apologize now because Jim called me out and he's not being nice about it. Hey, everybody. I'm Jim. Hey, everybody. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> the, the feelings herder. The, uh, the herder of the feelings. That's I'm also scruffy good looking axe. feelings herder. Nerf herder. Who's scruffy? Oh, I am scruffy looking. Never mind. <laughs> Got him. Um, I think that's it for me. I think we're done. Yeah, we're gonna talk um, a bunch of Ronin next week. Hopefully, that's our plan. Like I said, it's got some pretty fascinating stuff to it. It just feels like a good sci-fi book more than it does a Star Wars book, but a, like a good one though. Um, right. so like I'm into it. I just again, it's a it's a you know square peg in a round hole. It's just there's it just is not Star Wars as I know it. And I'm fine with that. It's it's entertaining enough that I'm okay with it. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's no Holdo maneuver. You know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Witwer, everyone. Is, hey, our podcast is a Holdo maneuver. Uh, one in a million. That's a one in a million yeah. maneuver right there. Speaking of Oscar Isaacs... Um, Love him and worth listening him. to in the vacuum of space. Uh, in space, <laughs> no one can hear you scream. It's that's why I said we are li- worth listening to in the vacuum of space. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we you are. Can't hear us scream. Um, I guess we're done. Are we done? I think so. This is kind of a shorter podcast for us, which is fine with me because I'm going to go see. Uh, I want uh, some pumpkin pie. I don't think we have any, but um, somebody does somewhere. I'm going to find it. I would it. love some pumpkin pie. Me too. I have eggnog. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, please uh, leave us a message. Uh, go ahead and leave that five-star review because, I mean, this is quality podcasting right here at its finest or finesse. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Um, at its finesse. Welcome to finest. Finest. Esta. Bueno. Muy bueno. All right. Um, well, I think we're done. Uh, I'm I'm Jim. I'm Tim. And this has been Our a certain, certain point, of, point view. of view. Until we meet again, and may We've the spoken. force be with you. Always. Always. This is the way. And also with you. And, oh, shoot, that reminded me. How awesome is the Mandalorian?
The Mandalorian is very awesome. It is awesome. All right, Jim was in the army. I was in the army. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we almost went a whole podcast without me saying that, didn't we? Um, I'm a historian. All right, goodbye, everyone. Y'all have a great day. We'll blah 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 next week. Right. Right. Bye. Bye. Audio one.